Good evening, everybody, and welcome back <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> 2020, <laughs> 2020 edition. Um, this is Eric, and we, we've got a number of people on the couch today. Everybody say hello. Hello. Hi. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers. And uh, just in case you couldn't tell who that all was, that's Justin, Chris, and Lewis. Um, all here shortly after the draft has finished up um, with some, some thoughts on how things are going and starting off the 2020 season, which, believe it or not, starts in uh, only five or six days. So it's right around the corner. Obviously, big hit with COVID and everything else going on, but how are you guys feeling uh, coming out of the draft? Well, I have a gray beard now, but, you know, it only took a couple of months, and I'm glad we were able to get through it together. Um, I hope everybody... Remember to stay hydrated during the draft. Um, yeah. So I guess cause this was the first year that we did a slow draft, and it was really because by the time I went to reactivate the league, I realized we only had about 10 days left before the league started. Um, and with only Labor Day weekend in between, I didn't think we'd find a time for everyone to get together in order to actually do a real draft, despite Mike's pleas on the... Uh, slack that everyone would be free this Labor Day, but I know that Jeff Jeff said that he had to do something with a baby. I don't know. So uh, maybe in teeth, we can get to his rewind when we get there. But yeah, it was the first year we did a slow draft, so I guess we did an auction for baseball. We did a slow draft for football, so we're trying out different things and seeing how they work. What was the uh, opinions on the slow draft? All I have to say is New Jack City and Squirtle, Squirtle did it. Took fucking forever, <laughs> <laughs> literally forever. So, I think overall it was pretty good. Um, I wish there was an easier way to get alerts. Like I, for whatever reason, didn't get alerts on my phone when it was my turn. Oh yeah. So I yeah, like I always had to check the the app, and like if I wasn't on my laptop, I would you know, like be on the Safari browser. And it's kind of hard to draft people on the Safari browser because you click their name and it opens up a new tab, and then you have to hit draft on that. It's just kind of weird, but it worked out. Why are I you thought, drafting on Safari? Because that's what's on. I guess I should download. Damn, this is kind of embarrassing. Yeah, I don't use Google Chrome on my iPhone. I, don't, I still you don't have the app. I, I never downloaded it. Cause I don't really go on the internet too much on my phone. No, you don't have the Fantrax app. I do, but you can't draft in the app. Yes, you can. No. That's how I was drafting. What? No, it wasn't letting me. For oh. me, it also it brings me to Safari by default as well. So I, I don't, you didn't get a notification either. Yeah. So I, I don't have the I, app. I do everything in Chrome. Um, I, I would get an email, though, when I was on deck to pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then another email when it was my turn to pick. Mm-hmm. But because Daniel chose so quickly all the time, I got them in very quick succession. Back to back. So you're on deck. Oh, it's your turn. Yeah, but yeah, on the other side... I wonder how that feels. On the other side, you had New Jack City. Right. So sometimes you would get those emails very far apart. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, so I, I mean, I think given you know, all the weirdness that's going on this year and everything, I think it worked uh, I think it worked really well. Um, at least I uploaded before the draft. I uploaded my own rankings. So I had a preset ranking list in there that Fantrax let me upload. So I can see from top to bottom where everybody was on my list. So but you imported Fantasy Pros, is what you're saying? <laughs> well, well, specific stuff from Fantasy Pros, not everything from Fantasy Pros. 
and, but what, what I lost was actually the ability to see how Fantrax graded everybody, so I couldn't see whether I was ahead or behind really anyone. So that was yeah. one downside. It's really just ADP, though. Fantrax yeah, doesn't sure. have Fantrax a ranking. Fantrax doesn't have a ranking, right? Fantrax no. doesn't have a ranking. They okay. just sort by well, ADP. Like, so, I like that they don't have rankings. Whereas ESPN would have had Todd Gurley number one this year. <laughs> because ESPN, like Eric, is usually about three years behind the curve. <laughs> well, like Yahoo's rankings were pretty trash. Yahoo rankings were... Darren that? Waller was ranked like I think they had him like the tenth tight end or something. He was like really low. No, um, it was Engram. No, but Waller too. So I mean, I I thought that you know for what we needed it for and the way it worked, I think the fact that it was able to like sleep overnight because you didn't have to tell him when to go to sleep, right? You no, said. it did automatically. So there was a lot of really good stuff that made it really easy, I think, for this to happen as well as it did, um, with really very little disruptions overall, and we got done. You know, way ahead of time. So I think that worked out very well. In um, a matter of just how to get it done. Honestly, I, I had a lot of fun on it. It was fun, yeah. Like, I always loved drafting and, like, real talk. It was kind of nice having so many days of being able to be excited about mm-hmm. picks. Mm-hmm. Like, even though, like, it was frustrating at points, it was only frustrating because I feel like I was so excited. <laughs> No, I feel like the only reason I would ever be like, oh, damn, like, come on, hurry up, is because I was so excited to make picks, you know? Yeah. Hoping they don't take your pick. I mean, yeah. I, I, would, I would basically wake up every morning and review my list and set up my queue because I knew there would be times where I might not be able to make the pick, and so I had to have my queue kind of set up because I knew if I was going to be in and out, I was just going to have to grab whoever was on there. So I would spend some time setting up my queue for the day, and that was a lot of fun. The problem was I only would learn – a little bit of the draft at a time. And I had a an, another regular draft on Thursday night that was 30 seconds per pick. We got done in 38 minutes. It was a, a record speed draft. Wow. I think that was my Yahoo, too. And it was 30. it was insane. It was so it was so quick compared to the slow draft. But the problem was we were only up to, like, two-thirds of the way through our draft, so I really wasn't prepared for the talent because I hadn't gotten to that part yet in our draft. So I kind right. of was trying to figure stuff out as, as I went in that one, but uh, it just felt so different. The one thing the one thing I'll say, though, is that Fantrax, it, while people do like to complain about it, they do make a lot of improvements year, after, year over year, and we've seen that just in the short time that we've been using the platform. One thing that we've constantly, I think all of us have spoken about since we've done the last two drafts on Fantrax is that the interface uh, is not the prettiest, and actually, if you do look at the Fantrax Twitter account, on May 18th, they did tweet out that they're looking to uh, put in a new draft room for both football and baseball. And it's, uh, it looks pretty slick. It looks, looks a lot like Sleeper, if anyone's done drafts on Sleeper. So, I mean, one of our main complaints about doing drafts on there, where it's just kind of ugly and clunky, they're making an improvement to it. And hopefully this will get rolled out by the next baseball draft and we'll have a good to go for football too. But it does look uh, pretty sexy. I think Fantrax, even though it had a little bit of a learning curve in the beginning, all of the features and the like customizable abilities, like it's so much better than ESPN. And ESPN always looked nice and simple and clean, and we were used to it for so long. So I think it's hard, like sometimes, to compare the two. But like Fantrax is just such a good experience, I think overall. And also, if you use dark mode, like you should be using very dark mode, I think, or extreme dark mode, it, it looks does sick. Look very cool. It looks so cool. I mean, the thing about ESPN, too, is that, like, every year I feel like they were taking away features. Like, do you guys remember that they used to do, like, the report card 
the draft mm-hmm. report card and they yep. like grade it. They, they don't have that stuff anymore. Like every single year, especially since they merged to their new interface like two or three years ago, where it slowed everything down and they took the ability away to like for LMs to customize the home page. They've been like taking things away rather than adding things. I feel like that's kind of like backwards and not the way that they should be doing it. I agree. Some of the graphs and things they have on there, they, they just make no sense. Some of the additional information and things they show, it's it's just it's really bad. Yeah, some of the ESPN stuff is just, just not good. You click yeah. on a player and you see games started per week, and it's just kind of like a flat line. I mean, some, yeah. some of that yeah. stuff is just ridiculous. So. Also, like, they, they stopped doing their own blurbs. Everything is just ripped from Roto World. Yeah. And Fantrax, I'm pretty sure, sometimes does their own their own stuff. From what I've seen on the news blurbs for baseball, at least. So the, the one thing that I, if I remember correctly, I don't think Fantrax does a lot of is the like blurb about the upcoming week, like the projection for why they think right. this guy's gonna. It's just sort of here's the line, and sometimes the line doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like someone's projected to get way higher points than you ever thought they would, and you're like, what's going on that week? Or way That's low. True. So. There's just not a lot of explanation there as to where they get their projection from and, and why. Maybe they'll add it. You never know. Yeah. But it does seem like they keep heading in the right direction with stuff, so I liked it. And going back to the, the draft, I, I thought it was a great time. For what we had to work with, I think I think it was the best idea. Yeah. So we can give it up for the commissioner for, uh, for another great idea. Hold your applause. Hold your applause, please. Thank you. No, Thank honestly, you. though, like, it was one of the more, like, entertaining drafts that I've done. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. These leagues are also the best, like, Justin's a fire commissioner. These leagues are amazing. Fire commissioner, but don't fire the commissioner. Hey, yo. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think, like, every year we try and make incremental improval- improvements to help make the league better, more fun. And, like, granted, I don't think we did anything this year outside of just add some IR slots because of COVID. Um, but I don't think that there's really a lot to do. I think that the quarterback change last year was great. Um, okay. I want to talk about that. But, I, I like, one thing that I do want to talk about for next year is I do feel like we can add, like, one more bench slot. I feel like we are a little light on the bench, um, at least compared to most default leagues. And, granted, we do have more active positions um i think that was the trade-off is that we added some more active positions but took away one bench slot but i'd like to at least discuss for next year and not on this podcast but on a future one like adding one bench slot back i do feel like we have room to have one more bench slot yeah definitely think we can talk about changes like that but uh yeah go ahead i i think the one thing that always sort of came up in question was as you know because this league's been going on for what 10 11 years at this point now something like that 12 or 13 12 or 13, you know, the one the one question that we always had was as the default leagues on all of the normal pages switched from standard to PPR, when were we going to make that move? That was sort of always the up-in-the-air question, and this whole half-point PPR idea really didn't exist until a couple of years ago when there sort of became this middle ground that I think we all took. But that was sort of the big question that was up in the air for us for a while. Was you know we, we there were some people that really felt strongly about keeping it standard, some people that really felt like we had to go to PPR, and so I think the half point is a good compromise. Yeah, I think the half point's perfect. It's definitely better than no PPR, and I think t- like too much points for PPR would be bad because then you just want target hogs, and touchdowns would be less. 
Right. Because, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is the, the true three-down running back is disappearing. That, th- that Those players are less and less, and so we have to keep some of the third-down guys and some of the receiving guys for running backs, you know, viable um, by getting touches, and so we need to reward some of that to keep everybody in play. Unless you're the Louisiana Love Me Sexies this year who got to get Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, and Miles Sanders in the first three rounds, then, you know, then anything is possible. <laughs> I, look, I fought the fight for a long time with PPR. Um, I still think that there are other ways to handle it that are probably less standard and would make our league some more custom. Um, I still think that rewarding points for yards is better than just rewarding based purely on receptions. So instead of having one point every 10 yards, make it like one point every eight yards or one point every seven yards rushing and receiving instead of adding PPR. And I think that that would be a way to create some distinction between the tiers of, you know, running back who gets 80 yards versus running back who gets 50 yards. You're now getting that many more points. Um, Look, I get the point for PPR and I think it does the job. I personally think yards is a better benchmark, but like it was a good ad, and with the, I mean, we do have some custom scoring. Like we did lower touchdowns. We're a little bit less touchdown dependent. I think our receiving and rushing touchdowns are only five points, when normal leagues are six points. And I think that that's, that's a worthwhile change that I think we made that I liked last year. I don't know if you can actually like notice the difference as you're going week by week, but I think in the end it does. You know, those guys who just come in at the end, the bruisers, and get the one yard touchdown. Like, what did they actually do? And they got six points for that shit. Like, the, the LeGarrette Blounts and the... Uh, Lendale White. Lendale White, yeah, exactly. Like, all right, you got a three-yard rushing touchdown when the guy before you took the team 60 yards downfield, and now you ended up with more points. It's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, that that's, wasn't always the fairest, but I get the fact that, like, there are standard leads out there. It's six points per touchdown, and there are things, but... I, look, PPR does the job. I mean, my, my favorite change it made with scoring is actually what we've done with kickers. Because what is going on with kickers in standard leagues? Why are they so ridiculously they overpowered? Like I hate like, kickers. So I hate kickers. I, mean, I was trying to tell the my friends on Yahoo to freaking lower the scoring for kickers, and they keep it the same every single season. It's, it's it, stupid. It's way too powerful. And so that that's the favorite my favorite thing that we changed, actually is getting kickers more in line with where they should be because it's just yeah. out of control. I mean, let's take a look at kickers last year. Uh, I'm going to look at like what the highest amount of points that a kicker scored. Uh, if we look at all, not just available, last year. So the top kicker scored 88 points. So that's 5.5 points a game. Whereas the call it the 12th kicker, scored about four points per game. So, I mean, a one and a half point spread between the best kicker and the last rosterable kicker. Yeah, it's it pretty good. It seems fair. Like, I think in, I don't know what it is in most leagues. I don't have, like, default scoring here. I remember weeks back when we were still on ESPN where, like, Guskowski would get, like, 22 <laughs> points. And you would just be like, what? What just happened? He outscored my running back. Like... <laughs> Yeah, the, the regular points for kickers are absolutely insane. So, so I guess rolling over to the draft then. Maybe, yeah, we should jump in. Yeah, maybe does everybody want to share sort of what their of their own team, what their 
maybe favorite and least favorite pick were, or, or best value pick, or whoever you want to, you know, rate favorite and least favorite for what what you did this uh, this year. I mean, overall, I feel amazing about my my draft, um, and I felt amazing after round three, honestly, because I had McCaffrey, and I had been like projecting, you know, like who can I expect to get at the two three, and I was playing it out. And I was hoping to get one of Jones or Sanders, and then I was thinking I probably wouldn't be able to get both. I'd probably have to go for Kenny Galladay, who was the guy I was going to probably take. Because at that point, it's like you either reach for Chris Carson or you take you know a different position. And um, I figured maybe Kittle would have been there, but I was looking at, yeah, like Kittle, Galladay. And then, yeah, nobody took running backs after Joe Mixon. It was just Eckler, which I was shocked at. Because... From the point where uh, Daniel took Mixon, there were one, two, three, four, five picks to me. Like there were four picks before my next two, and only one running back got taken. And then by the time it was up to me, there was still Jones, Sanders, and Chubb, and I was pretty surprised about that. So yeah, I was like, I guess Sanders because I took him in the third, but like either of them would be my best value pick just because I didn't expect to get them there. The one thing that I was surprised about was Mike in rounds one and two going back-to-back, Michael Thomas, Tyreek Hill, going double wide receiver, especially because he just posted in the slack saying he needs running backs and tight ends. I think he overdrafted wide receivers a little bit. I think he has seven of them on his team. But he did go really? wide receiver in rounds one and round two. I'm wondering and if, four. if he had went like Aaron Jones there. Do yeah, you, his team is, I think, a lot stronger. If do he does you that. then go? Do you take Nick Chubb? Um. Yeah. Yeah. What if? And yeah. No. That's. I wouldn't have been point. happy about it because I don't. I don't love Chubb, but yeah, I would still have taken. I think Chubb is still in a tier above Carson. Yeah. I'm looking at Hillwood Black Sox right now, and his team would have looked so much nicer if he went Saquon and then either Sanders or Jones, and he could have gone Prescott in the third. Yeah, I wasn't going to take that. So he would have had Saquon, Aaron Jones, and Dak instead of Saquon, Dak, and Chubb, which looks a lot worse to me. I was surprised with Dak in the second. Like, that one stands out. But I I understand it. It's not bad. Like, in a two-quarterback league, Dak does go around there. I just think it surprised me because after seeing Mahomes and Lamar fall to you, whereas, like, the mock we did, they went, I think, like, second and fifth or something. I've I've done a lot of mocks. And I haven't gotten Mahomes or Lamar in with the tenth pick, tenth pick, yeah, like in any of my drafts for two QB, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's why I think seeing that, I I realized at that point that like the league wasn't valuing quarterbacks as much as the mock mm-hmm. drafts I was doing. Yeah, I was looking the little prep I did coming into the draft because this did kind of sneak up on me, and I was so focused on baseball, I didn't do a lot of prep, but I was fairly surprised seeing Dak being the consensus number three quarterback off the board coming into the year. I don't remember him having that great of a season last year. I knew he was good. I didn't realize he was that good. And he did have a very good year. But I was surprised that he was such a consensus number three off the board. And it wasn't like there wasn't more of a question between like the next four guys, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Deshaun Watson. But it seemed fairly consensus that it was Dak from everything that I was reading. Yeah, I'm surprised too because I don't know if I like Dak or Watson more. Like, I might like Deshaun Watson more this year. I don't know. 
So why don't you walk us through this since we started on your team, Lewis. So the first three picks were all running backs. What was kind of your strategy after that? Was it just not fuck it up because you have CMC and two other stud running backs, so just don't mess up? Kind of. Kind of. So, like, I don't know. After those three picks, I was shocked. And then the nice thing about uh, the slow draft is that you you don't really have that adrenaline rush that you have during a regular draft, whereas, like, you could, you could maybe be too excited and then screw things up. Like, I kind of got to, you know, take my time with my next pick. So, Cup made it back to me. And at that point, like, obviously, after I just go three running backs, I don't want a running back in the fourth. So, I was looking for wide receiver because, you know, I don't want to fall too far behind there. Those are usually the two, like, huge positions. Um, and I don't know. I just feel like the way the draft worked out, when I wanted running backs, they were there. When I wanted wide receivers, they were there. Like, I just – the way that I – positioned my team like the guys i was looking for were always at the end of a tier at my pick so like it got to me at four i was between dj moore uh cooper cup robert woods and amari cooper in that area um more went right before it and i think i would have probably taken more just because i had him last year but i'm pretty excited i got cup because he's like you know he's a high upside type of player who could be like you know a wide receiver one um, whereas Moore has kind of more of a cap ceiling. So I took Cup there. It was close between him and Woods. Um, I've never been an Amari Cooper guy, but I was getting a little bit thrown off by some rankings because, like, rankings love Amari Cooper this year. Um, after that, I wanted a quarterback, so I went with Matt Ryan. I felt like he was still in a, a tier above the rest of the quarterbacks. Um, so I took him there, and I was pretty happy with it. Like, they got Gurley. He might dump the ball off to him. Um, and then, yeah, again, like, so I locked up my first quarterback. Now, I'm not really the type of person who wants to go quarterback, quarterback, because I feel like it's kind of boring, and I don't really get excited if I do that. I feel like, I don't know, when I take a quarterback, I'd never get excited. I don't know about you guys, unless I'm getting Mahomes or, like, a top, top guy. Well, yeah, that's that's why it's different for your team. But I'm not excited to draft Matt Ryan. I'm taking him because it's a two-quarterback ability, you know? But, yeah, so anyway, I didn't want to take a quarterback right after him. I was looking for wideout again. I was shocked that Tyler Lockett made it back there. I really thought Nick was going to take him, but then he took Sutton, which was also, like, Sutton also had fallen. But, yeah, Lockett there was an easy pick for me. And I also like Big Ben a lot. Um, I would have rather had, like, Stafford. But after Stafford, I thought Big Ben was the next quarterback off the board. I was a little bit between him and Cam Newton. um, But at this time, like, Cam Newton still wasn't officially announced. And even though, like, it was pretty clear he was going to be the starter, it was enough to, like, be like, all right, take Big Ben. You like him. And the last time he played, he was amazing. I think he was, like, the third best quarterback in uh, two years ago. Would you still have taken Lockett if you knew Josh Gordon was coming back? Yeah, for sure. I don't – I'm not a Josh Gordon believer at all. So, like, yeah, so, yeah, here's my thing looking at your wide receivers. You have four wide receivers, that, at least your top ones anyway. Cooper Cup, Tyler Lockett, Jarvis Landry, and Deontay Johnson. Out of those four, I like other wide receivers on that on their teams better than all four of those guys. I like Robert Woods better than Cooper Cup. I like DJ Metcalf better than Tyler Lockett. I like OBJ better than Jarvis. And I like uh, whoever's on Pittsburgh. Uh, what's his name? Juju better than Deontay. So I like well, other wide receivers better than all of your wide receivers. Two, two of those are obvious. Like, yeah, obviously you like OBJ better than Jarvis Landry, and obviously you like Juju more than Deontay. Like, those are not – they're wide receiver twos compared to the wide receiver ones. 
Woods is interesting. He only had two touchdowns last year, and he's a PPR monster. But Cup was their guy when they were both in the game last year, and I don't really see that changing. I could be wrong, but we'll see. When Cup is played, he's kind of separated himself from the pack. And Lockett, like, I like Lockett there just because he's safe. Like, I don't care if DK Metcalf gets 20 more points than him. Lockett's not going to suck. So, I was okay with him there. I think think Chris got it right. I I think we don't know what's going to happen. Um, with with Josh Gordon, obviously I'm I'm biased because I drafted Josh Gordon this year. Um, He's about to drop Josh Gordon when he needs to pick up a kick or two. <laughs> Eric, are you really trying to tell me that Josh Gordon's going to come back after like five Let's years? Go. I have I, I don't know, but I'm not willing to risk an eight round pick on it. Josh, Gordon. where does where does fantasy pros have Tyler Lockett ranked? Just out of curiosity. I don't, I don't have a. All of the rankings have Tyler Lockett in a tier way above where he's going. In most drafts, Tyler Lockett is gone in the late fourth, early fifth round. He fell to the last pick in the sixth. I think it's fine to argue DK Metcalf versus Tyler Lockett. I think that's fair. I personally probably would rather have Lockett, but I'm also risk averse and go with the proven veteran. It's fair, but to be honest, they were the like Metcalf was the next wide receiver off the board. It's not like they went. Far apart. And they both produced while Josh Gordon was in Seattle at the tail end of last year. Josh Gordon was the wide receiver three in Seattle for a number of games last year and didn't really produce. I didn't even know he played last year. I just don't know how you can like be upset with Tyler Lockett as your wide receiver two after you go running back for the first three rounds. No, no, I'm, I'm not upset. I, I'm not upset. I, I, I like... I like that's the same, uh, just That's just objectively, if no. with what we have to work with, the, the rankings and not knowing what's going to happen this year, that's insane value. That's like, I I don't know how you could like not see, not agree with that. Also, you can't compare OBJ when he went in the third round to Jarvis. To Jarvis who I'm sorry, no. OBJ's also shit. OBJ's not that good, and he wasn't that good last year. He averaged 10 points a game last year. Jarvis had 11.9 on the same team, like... OBJ's not that good. Like Giants fans love right. to hype him up. I'm not about oh, to I'm not about to say that Jarvis is an exciting guy, but like he's not bad. He's not exciting. Like, but like you don't need exciting to win a fantasy league. That's that's steady. what I'm saying. Like he's not a shitty player there. Unless he gets hurt, like he's gonna get like ten points a game. We yeah. we own Jarvis Landry. Stop talking bad about no, him. No, I'm not I'm not saying they're bad picks. I'm saying that there's just other Wide re- it just happens to be a list of wide receivers that I like other wide receivers on their team. But I could, but that's, you could say that that's horrible logic. I couldn't take OBJ in the eighth round. Like, you can't compare, you can't say, like, oh, Jarvis Landry's a bad pick because you could have had OBJ. <laughs> he's better. Yeah, no, shit, he's better. He's a wide receiver, too. On, right. on a So, okay, Robert Woods went directly after Cooper Cup. Would you have rather had Robert Woods? I would. I, I think Woods is, I think Woods is going to be better this year. I think he get, you know, he had That's, points. He had points down this year. He had points down last year because he only scored two touchdowns last year. And I know Cooper Cup's. A, you know he's a reception monster. But I think Woods got really disrespected. I think he's actually gonna have a great year. So good pick by Frankie there. I also love Robert Woods, and like I think Frankie made a great pick there. But I don't see why Cooper Cup is gonna have a. Like, why can't they both just have good years? I think they're both gonna be. Amazing. They both had great years last year, and I'm pretty sure they both had great years the year before until Cup got hurt. So, like, barring an injury, I feel like they're going to produce. It's the Rams. I think they're both going to be around the same in terms of, like, points, but Cooper Cup just has so much more upside. All right, I want, out of all the wide receivers that went in the fifth round, so, all right, let's let's play, uh, what is this, high or low? I don't know what game they play. What's the game? Would you rather? Yeah, would you rather, sure. 
Uh, so for everyone in the room, <coughs> Cooper Cup or Keenan Allen? Cooper Cup or Keenan Allen? Yeah. Cooper Cup. Easily Cooper Cup. Yeah, I'd have Cup too. I would also have Cup. Cooper Cup or DJ Moore? I would have. That was a tough. I would have went more. But for the floor, for the ceiling, I think Cup has a higher ceiling. They're close. I think you asked me that too, right? Yeah. Like, who, who do you like? Because I was considering them both, yeah. I, I would have gone more, but not for Lewis, because Lewis also has McCaffrey. So that, that makes it a little more difficult. Okay. I like Cup better. I don't trust Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Cooper Cup or Robert Woods? I already said Robert Woods for me. I took Cup. I was between those two. Like, those were the main guys I was looking at. I took Cup. I think he has a higher ceiling. I think if you had a wide receiver in like your third round, it would have made sense for you to go Robert Woods. But it's as your wide yeah. receiver one, exactly, like that's fine. It feels better looking at my team seeing Cup as my wide receiver one than Woods. Right. Cooper, I Cup. can also see why like Eric is saying that because like you have three amazing running backs and you can literally just go safe in every single pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just felt like Eric was coming at me because, after I had a fire draft history. Woods might be a little bit safer. Yeah, Woods is definitely safer. Woods is a lot safer. We play in half PPR. He's definitely safer. For sure. Cooper Cup or Amari Cooper? Cooper or Cooper? (laughs) Uh, Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I took Cup. So I'm Cup. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm Cup there as well. I don't like Cooper. And when we get to my team, I'll explain why. I honestly think Amari Cooper is the most, like, overrated wide receiver in the entire league. He is. Right. I don't think he's that good. He'll have, he, he'll have games where he catches like one ball. He had a he had a game where he got he got zero points last year. I mean, general consensus in the league, I think, agrees with you because he was falling in the draft pretty far. Yeah. Cooper Cup or Calvin? I mean, Ridley. that's also because they drafted CD, so they have three guys to feed now. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm pretty happy with Cup. Like, I, I don't. Think I mean, you you took Cup, so we know your Cup. Yeah. Wait, Cooper Cup or who? Calvin Ridley. Uh, Cup. I probably would take Cup too. I would also take Cup. Cooper Cup or AJ Brown. Cup. I would have taken Cup over all of the all of I the guys. Cup too. All right, so we're at the point where it's pretty obvious that it'd be Cup. So I mean, look, he went around the right area. Yeah. So I would have taken him over Keenan Allen. I would have taken him over Juju, but I'm not a big Juju guy. I don't I like Juju, Juju this year. Um, I think like him more Thelian, they're all close. Or Thielen, whatever. Can we can we talk about the Hayden Hurst pick? Because there was a lot of controversy in the Slack over Hayden Hurst. Yeah, so like it got down to uh, the ninth round, and I was looking for my tight end. And on the board, the highest ranked guy was Higby. I know that like most websites have Higby pretty high, but. I was kind of scared of Higby because, one, there's there's Gerald Everett. So he's kind of in a timeshare. Like, we don't really know yet. The rumors are he's supposed to be, you know, their main tight end. But still, just the fact that there's another good tight end on their team, that took away from him for me. And also, it was like, I think it was a five-game stretch, right? Or a four- or five-game stretch. So, like, I definitely liked Higby, but I wasn't sold on him as, like, being a sure thing. And then Hurst, just like, I don't know, the news says that they want him to be an every down tight end. And, like, that could just be reading, buying into that, you know, most recent news article too much. But they had Hooper last year. He was really good. And if if he's going to be out there, I figured, yeah, he's safer. 
So I wanted him. And I picked him there because I didn't think he would get back to me because when you're at the end of the draft, you have to just kind of take who you want. Yeah. And then Nick told me he was going to take him. So I felt better about it. But then Daniel texted me. <laughs> Higby was the move, period. <laughs> and I was like, damn. <laughs> damn, man. <laughs> no, I mean, I think Atlanta has shown a, you know, propensity in the past to use the tight end very well. And so I think it's... I think he's going to have a, a really great year, and Matt Ryan's going to have good, you know, good connection there, and you've got them both, and so I, I don't think it's a bad pick at all. I, I like the pick. I like the pick a lot. Thanks. Yeah. They also they, they what did they give up like a second round pick for him? Like they're going to use him. He's going to be amazing. Yeah, I hope he's good. Is and it? like, it's not like there were other tight ends on the board who were surefire things. Gronk was really hype, but Gronk's in a three way timeshare at tight end. Oh, he wanted ten. So. I just took the safer guy, that's all. I was considering, like, Higby and Gronk there as the other two that I was looking at, but I took Hurst, and I was okay with it. The rest of the draft is pretty standard. Um, Deontay Johnson and Sterling Shepard were the two I was looking at for wideout at 10. I really wanted Zach Moss because I'm not a Singletary guy this year, and apparently Moss is going to be the goal line back. I wish I had looked at Reddit before that morning than after because Gibson news had broken, and... Um, I checked Reddit right after I made my picks and saw AP was cut and Gibson was the guy. So I was like, shit. Um, Haskins made it back in the 12th, and in a 2QB league, you want a backup. Unfortunately, Haskins has the same bye week as Big Ben, so it really only benefits me on the, the week that Ryan has a bye, which is week 10, but I'll take it. It's or if fine. someone gets hurt or if someone gets COVID. True, true. So, I mean, it, it was better than no quarterback there. Um Pittsburgh D, I was between them and the Ravens. I went Pittsburgh just because, like, they seem generally more consistently ranked, whereas, like, the Ravens are sometimes fourth or fifth on some sites. Mike Williams there, um, it was him or, like, I don't know. There were a couple other wideouts, but I took him because, again, he was, like, ranked higher on most sites. And yeah, I, I, figured, I think that's great value in the 14th round. I, I think, you know, depending on what goes on with him, he could, have a, he could have a pretty decent year, so I think that's a really good pick. Yeah, his quarterback's terrible, but, like, Exactly what you just said. It was super late. There weren't a ton of like great guys on the board, so I took them. I wanted Deshaun Jackson or Nikhil Harry. Um, they both went in that round. Those were good picks, I thought at least. Jarwin, I liked him as like a, a tight end one, like a sleeper, and um, I got him as my backup, so that's cool. And then Alshon I took instead of a kicker because he's hurt, and we'll get more news on him, so I can keep him on the IR slot and pick up a kicker. But overall, I really liked my draft. Um, after the third round, I was pretty happy. So, yeah, unfortunate news on that one because uh, you can—he's off the pup list, so you're going to have to figure out what to do with him. So he's not going to be eligible for your spot. Well, we'll see though. He might be hurt and not play like we can. I think yeah. even players who were day to day, you can put on your IR. Yeah, him and Williams are already on my my IR. So, right. going well, back, would you have drafted first over Jared Cook? Yes, I did it. But then you would be able to cover your... That's weeks. true. I don't think anyone listening is going to understand the reference. But real fast, when we were in college, me, Justin, and Chris, we were all excited. We had just drafted. Great times. It was like Monday night. All the games had been played. I was playing Ben Horowitz, great Ben Horowitz in our league. There was only one player he had left, and I was up like 20 points. It was my game. He had Jared Cook. I think Cook was projected for like six, seven points. You know, standard Jared Cook ceiling numbers. Nope. Monday night comes around. Jared Cook scores three touchdowns. Gets like 25 points. 
I lose. I'm I'm sad. I'm <laughs> I'm salty. <laughs> I'm pitching to Justin and Chris, and they're laughing at me. The rest of the year, Jared Cook does not outscore that first game. He scores more points in the first game against me than he does the rest of the year. I will always hate Jared Cook. I will always hate him. He's my kryptonite. Since then, we've always followed how Jared Cook performs against Lewis' team. And it's, he always does very, very well when he plays against Lewis. So, uh, Chris, you drafted Jared Cook. It has to continue. <laughs> so, why don't we move over, I guess, to Chris, look at your team. Because I think that you probably had the most interesting draft to have any of us here in terms of how unconventional it was because your first two picks were both quarterbacks. Yeah. I was shocked that I got Mahomes and Lamar. I thought I was going to get, like, a running back. But I... I don't. I honestly don't know how they both fell to me. Like I don't know why Julio. Like I love Julio, but I don't know how he went seventh overall. Um, I don't know how anybody would take like DeAndre Hopkins over Lamar Jackson, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I know Lamar would have went with the next pick if you didn't take him, but I was yeah, also surprised. Him? I was also surprised that one of the four picks in between your picks wasn't Lamar. Wasn't Lamar? Yeah, I thought I thought either Squirtle did or Over the Hill would have taken Lamar. Yeah, no, I was shocked. Like I, I was texting you guys. I, I think like my top ten, because I had my top ten, and Mahomes and Lamar were in like I think like five six for me, and I was okay with any of the running backs that fell to me, like Dalvin, Clyde Edwards, or Derrick Henry, yeah. and Mahomes and Lamar both fell to me. So that was pretty easy. I saw I saw looking at mocks exactly what you saw, whereas Mahomes and Lamar were both like top five picks. But knowing knowing our league, and I think that we, we since this is our second year of doing two QB, I did think that QBs wouldn't go as high as they do in normal Superflex. And yeah. granted, comparing this year to last year, QBs went a lot higher. And I think mm-hmm. next year, they're probably going to go a lot higher again. So yeah. next year, I think when we do a draft, like we're going to see Mahomes and Lamar Going in like that top five range or something like that. Well, if they do, if they do well again. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I was telling that to Lewis because I think the first quarterback last year was who was it? It was Lamar, Mahomes. Uh, Mahomes. And oh, you mean he, draft, he yeah. went in the first, and yeah. I think the next pick was like the next QB pick was in the third, which was like Aaron yeah. Rodgers. So exactly. it's gonna. I think it's gonna go a lot earlier after this season, as long as you know. They do well, but well, it's those interesting. Were, those were like easy picks for me. Yeah, I def- I thought you definitely had to take them. It's interesting because like the first couple of rounds, there were not a lot of quarterbacks taken, and then the middle rounds, like if you look at three to seven, there are so many quarterbacks yeah, taken yeah. there. So I think maybe it's just that the league likes quarterbacks, but they don't want to miss out on those top tier mm-hmm. running back, wide receiver, I tight end. After I took Mahomes and Lamar, I was like. And then it went up to, like, Tyreek Hill. I was like, damn, how did no other, like, QBs go? And I was like, maybe I should have taken, like, um, I don't know, I think, like, Josh Jacobs would have been my next running back if I didn't take Mahomes. But I was like, maybe I should have taken him, gotten a quarterback in round two, and then, like, another, I don't know, running back wide receiver in three. But I mean, I, I guess the fine with it because then I saw, like, Dak Prescott went and then, Wilson, Kyler, Deshaun. So I was like, all right, I'm fine. I mean, I guess and the, the, round three. Mm-hmm. 
Were you were you hoping to get Connor? Yeah, I was I was praying I would get Connor or Carson. Um, I knew I wasn't gonna get Chubb for sure. I don't know why Melvin Gordon went ahead of Connor. Yeah, I think Connor was like the clear cut um, yeah. guy there. If I didn't take Connor there, I honestly don't know what I would have done because I don't I don't think I would have taken Taylor because I'm still scared about him and I think he went a little early. Um Looking at this, like I probably would have gotten like Gurley. And that's I would feel so shitty. Yeah, it's knowing like Gurley is my RB one. Yeah. Yeah. Over Connor. Like I like every like almost every single Pittsburgh player this year. And then Dylan fell to me, I feel like I would have been okay with Dylan or Juju. So that was kind of easy for me too. And then in the fifth, yeah, you took Ingram. Fifth, Ingram fell to me. Yeah. Um, he. It was also like same thing with Connor. Like I was looking at Ingram to be my RB two because after Ingram, I don't know who else I would have liked there. Like I don't like Devin Singletary. Who was that? Alvaro Jones. That's that's kind of unfortunate, but yeah, yeah. After Ingram, like if he wasn't there, I probably would have gotten McLaurin or DJ Chark. There. And then you ended up getting McLaurin. Mm-hmm. So I was hyped that I got McLaurin there too, because I think he's. I feel like he can be my wide receiver one, like better than Thielen, because last year he was amazing, mm-hmm. and like he would be going against um, like top cornerbacks. Yeah, everybody loves him with Dwayne Haskins. You know, I haven't seen a single website that's down on the only thing bad about him is he has like a shitty nickname. Scary Terry. Like, that is awful. I'm sorry. That is so bad. I kind of like it. Scary. I kind of like it in like a... Like scary In an Terry. ironic way. It's kind of cute, yeah. It's kind of adorable, yeah. yeah but he, he was versing the Pats last year, and like he was consistently beating... um, Who's their, who's their cornerback? I forgot who it was. Here's but where like, here's where I get embarrassed because all of my football knowledge is fantasy based, so I know no just the defensive yeah. players. <laughs> well, like he was consistently beating the best cornerback in the league last year. Yeah. So I was excited with that pick. And then in round seven, there were a ton of quarterbacks taken, and you ended up with Devontae Parker. Mm-hmm. I, I I'm still iffy about him, but as my wide receiver three, like it could be so much worse. Yeah, I've seen him like as a popular, you know, wide receiver two pick. I think a lot, of, a lot of people were scared that when, I mean, I think everybody expects Fitzpatrick to eventually lose his starting job to Tua. That you know, who knows what's going to happen? But he's a wide receiver one on the team and wide receiver three online. So I'm. I'm hyped with that. Yeah, I thought you had to take him, right? Yeah. It's crazy that Metcalf almost fell to Would you have taken Metcalf over him? I don't think so. No? As much as I love DK, like, he's a, he's like a wide receiver 1B, I guess. Whereas Devontae Parker, to me, is a wide receiver 1. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. Then you took Swift, who's the rookie on the Lions. You were considering him in the seventh, right? Yeah, I was thinking about taking him. I, that's the pick that I took the longest. I'm pretty sure. If I if I should take Swift over Devontae, because I was looking at like the wide receivers, and there was still 
Michael Gallup and Tyler Boyd, who I really liked. And I, I took Devontae just because I feel like he's safer than DeAndre Swift. But the fact that he got back to me in round eight was pretty amazing considering Philip Lindsay went yes. for him. Swift no, is I, interesting. Yeah, for him. I was doing a lot of research on Swift because I was looking at running backs around the same time and like came out, he had a really good camp to start, but this like injury and everything with COVID, yeah. the fact that there are no preseason games, it's just like really tough to know where a rookie actually stands within the team right now. Mm-hmm. So tough. But like if you look at the running backs that went after him, like no, he no, definitely know, was in a tier there. Like if you don't count Gibson. I mean the thing is, yeah, it looks like he's in a tier, but like we don't know. Like DeAndre Swift could end up producing like fifth round value or he could end up being like thirteenth round value. Like I we have yeah. no idea. That's that's what makes it so tough with these rookies. But the fact that he seems to have a decent shot at being like their main running back, because like if you look at the next guys, it's more questionable with Brita, Mac. Those are more clear cut timeshares. Mm-hmm. Um, Mac might not, you know, even be the the favorite there. And then Dobbins is the the backup right now. Mm-hmm. Cohen's like a passing down back. No, I was thinking about taking another wide receiver. Like I would have gone Tyler Boyd, probably. Yeah. But looking at the running backs after who went, like I think DeAndre Swift was the correct choice. And I just felt that I needed to take a running back there because James Conner was hurt last year, so he, he's a little risky. And Mark Ingram, like, like, I got scared with the J.K. Dobbins thing, so I wanted a, a running back there. So, yeah. And then in your last in your last couple of picks, so you end up with the Jared Cook, but uh, I guess talk through draft. You you ended up with a decent number of wide receivers. It looks like. Mm-hmm. Do you you ended up with Jones, yeah, Marvin Jones, who like has a pretty high floor, which is kind of nice. I, I always love Marvin Jones. I feel like he always scores a lot of touchdowns. Um, I like that you, you got him because Parker is your third wide receiver, and there's a decent shot that like if Parker doesn't produce like he did last over. year, yeah. then Jones can just fill that. Mm-hmm. I felt the same way with Jordan Howard. Like He always produces. No matter what team he's on, he always produces. Yeah, he's going to be the goal line back, I would think. Yeah. And I, I don't trust Matt Breda. Well, he actually went he, he went before Jordan Howard. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of crazy. I think because Breda's explosive, and so, like, Howard's viewed as more of, like, a boring type of guy. Didn't Breda get... Wasn't he hurt, like, almost all of last year? I don't remember. They're gonna, I, Breda's more versatile. They're going to line him up at wideout sometimes. So, like, Jordan Howard's more of a traditional early down back. Mm-hmm. But Breda's going to get moved around. So, like... From a pure football perspective, I don't know, maybe Howard is more traditional back, but maybe Brita might be better in fantasy. I don't know. I had them <laughs> ranked really closely on all, all my rankings. Yeah. Also, how old do you guys think Jordan Howard is? Dude, he's so young. He's like 25. He looks like he's been playing for like nine years. Yeah, it does. But he's yeah. fucking 25. What? Yeah. He's 25 years he old. He started when he was 14. <laughs> I, I remember when Lewis took him in the first round. Yeah. That was amazing for the... Back when he was with Chicago. Bears? Yeah. Right? He was amazing with the Bears. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that because the year before I did when I take he, he him, was a rookie. drop him, and then somebody picked him up and he broke out? I feel like that happened um, when he was a rookie. Yeah, he was amazing. That totally right? happened. Yeah, yeah. I remember I was looking on like Reddit and stuff. Like people were comparing Jordan Jordan Howard with Zeke, 
just because Zeke had that like ridiculous O-line and people were saying Jordan Howard was a better back. Really? Yeah. Obviously he wasn't, but... But yeah. yeah. So Marvin Jones, Jordan Howard, I feel like they're safe picks for me. Um, Jared Cook is the steal of the draft. <laughs> I'm not even saying that just because he fucks Lewis in the butt. But like, in the 11th round... Yeah, no, he fell super far. Fuck Jared Cook, though, but yeah, he fell really Like, far. 11th round, like, I was perfectly okay with that. I probably should have taken the tight end, too, but, like, I was like, nah. As we're talking about old tight ends, can we just pour one out for Delaney Walker, who retired this year? Can finally <laughs> touch his breath? I was, read, I was trying to read something about Jonu, and, like, they keep saying that he's still playing. I really? Think he retired. Yeah. I think he retired. He retired? He started to prioritize his his cardiovascular system. What do you think? <laughs> and then you finish up with four of your last five picks are wide receivers, Chris. Yeah. Um, I feel like at the end, like you kind of just have to pick upside. And Anthony Miller, he looked really good at the end of last year, so I took him. Miko, I feel like, could be the wide receiver, too, on Kansas City, just because Sammy sucks. Um... The Chargers defense, I mean, I like Bosa and Ingram, even though Derwin James got hurt. And Brashad Perriman is probably going to suck, but I took him because, once again, he did amazing to end the year. And then Jalen Rager, I I just wanted a rookie wide receiver. Brashad Perriman was my number one wide receiver in the playoffs last year with Tampa Bay. (laughs) I told you, I told you. Somebody had him, and he popped off in the playoffs. I had him. Um... Yeah, what about your decision to not take a third quarterback? Um, I was, was thinking, purposeful? like, I like the like the upside of these wide receivers more than some of these quarterbacks. Like, I would rather have Anthony Miller and equal over, like, I don't know, Trubisky or Dwayne Haskins. Okay. And, I don't know. I think, I forgot who had the week eight by, like, Lamar or Patrick Mahomes. Like, I'd be okay with starting a non-quarterback that week, that one week. Mm-hmm. So, like, as long as they don't get hurt, I, I think I'll be fine. You also might be able to pick somebody up during the year. Exactly, yeah. Like, if somebody goes like, down with an injury. Mm-hmm. So, overall, I, I'm, like, I'm very confident with my team. I feel like Mahomes and Lamar can get me, like, at least 50 points. So... Yeah, I, I was kind of trying to draft safe, but we'll I see. think your team's a lot of fun. Oh yeah, uh, and you yeah. definitely like the two quarterbacks in the first two rounds didn't really hamstring you. Where like I think a lot of people would have struggled in filling up their other positions. I think yeah. you did a fairly nice job having decent starter-worthy players at all the yeah. other positions, despite going quarterback in the first two rounds. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like I think the first, I don't know, like six picks. That I had, I think all of the players that I picked fell to me. So, yeah, until McLaren, like I think they even Devontae Parker, I guess, fell to me. Yeah, definitely. Swift is the first one where like mm-hmm. it was a harder pick to make. Yeah. So here's my only thing about the two quarterbacks earlier, though, is just a you know, and, and this thought that quarterbacks are going to continue to drive up on the list. So a quick reminder that number one, I'm your champion. So reminder there. And, and number two is he that rode AJ Brown <laughs> last year, and who was the other one? Uh, we were talking about this uh, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, Kenyon Drake 
an AJ Brown to a championship last year because Kenny Drake happened to get traded. But but my my two quarterbacks last year that I drafted um, were Carson Wentz and Matthew Stafford. Stafford didn't make it through the year, so I won the championship with Carson Wentz and Andy Dalton. So quarterbacks aren't you know sure it's super flex league, but it's 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 not everything. Did Andy Dalton play? Uh, then he did. <laughs> I don't think he finished the season. But, I mean, no. The reason he won was because Kenyon Drake scored like 50 points in, per week. Yep. He Kenyon Drake, Derrick Henry, and A.J. Brown. Like, that's why he won down the stretch. It wasn't... Right, so my point is it wasn't quarterback. So this thought that... Oh, know, so you got lucky with a couple of hot running backs and wide receivers. Well, that's not lucky. That's that's strategy and being good. Well, it's luck. not strategy to have like a five-point-per-game <laughs> player on your team who didn't happens to get 25 points in a game. All right, so let's, I guess, move on to my my draft. Also, also, like, last year I had Baker, and Kirk Cousins was my quarterback too, and I forgot who my backup was, but that that was just a struggle the entire year. I, w- I, I knew I wanted, like, like, the top five or six quarterbacks. Nah, your quarterbacks suck this year, oh. Chris. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> Remember, like, Kirk Cousins was getting like 15 passes a game to start yeah, off. Yeah, like I remember that. It was horrendous the yeah. entire season. Yeah, that was, like, that I don't was want atrocious. to go through that again. Yeah. Like, that was so annoying. So, I guess moving on to me, and I'm, I'm going to hit just a couple of the quick highlights for me. Um, so, I, I had the eighth pick. Coming in, I was prepared to have to make a decision between Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, and Devontae Adams. That's what I thought the decision was going to be. And I had made the choice that I was not going to risk it with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, a rookie coming in, no prep and preparation beforehand, starting off. I couldn't risk it as a first-round pick. That was the decision that I made. And so my choice was going to be if I got there, I was going to have to go Devontae Adams. Um, Luckily, the way that everything fell, Dalvin Cook fell to me. And so, you know, I'd be curious for, especially maybe someone like Justin when he gets to why Derrick Henry over Dalvin Cook. But I, I thought Dalvin Cook was, I was thrilled to have him end up in my lap because I felt like he was a great starting off piece. So I was very happy to land him at eight. Um, the next really big decision that I had was around my second quarterback. So I took Deshaun Watson. Um, there was a bunch of guys that I was considering in the sixth round for my next quarterback, um, there was Joe Burrow who ultimately took. There was Roethlisberger who I was considering, Jared Goff I was considering, Cam Newton, Ryan Tannehill. Those are really the group of guys that I was. No I was respect cons- for Teddy Bridgewater. No, 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 no. I have a lot of respect for Teddy Bridgewater. Sorry, um, and and even Newton was sort of on the. He's on the edge of interesting, but he didn't kind of fit within the rest of those guys. Tannehill, I thought, overperformed last year. And so Roethlisberger was a, a, a safe pick, but, you know, injury-prone, and so we don't know what he's going to be like. And Jared Goff just bores me. So I was like, all right, let me take someone who has a lot of potential upside. He's going to have to grow into the role. I'm going to try Joe Burrow, and it could be hopefully, you know, year-changing. I don't know. I don't know how he's going to be this year, but he's going to he's gonna get the ball, I would think. So, um, so I, I figured it was worth a shot and something exciting for me. So... That's why I went with Burrow. Um, moving on to my favorite pick of the draft was Michael Gallup in the eighth round. Um, 
I don't think Amari Cooper is very good. We talked about before that we think Dak Prescott is unanimously the number three quarterback in the league. Well, he's got to throw to somebody, and that somebody's going to be Michael Gallup. And so I think he's a, a really great value there. Um, I thought he was going to say that someone's going to be Blake Jarvis. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think he's a I think he's a fantastic value there. I was thrilled to get him as my as my third wide receiver, um, and I think he could he could challenge certainly wide receiver two um, this year. For so he was my favorite pick um, that I got for the draft. My least favorite pick was actually probably Jonu Smith. So I knew drafting Evan Ingram as my tight end, I knew he's someone who's injury-prone, wanted a strong backup tight end, and really didn't find the spot to take somebody because I always felt compelled to take another running back or another wide receiver or try to cover some other gaps. And so you know, I passed up on some guys I really liked. Chris Herndon I really liked. Noah Fant I really liked. Dallas Goddard I liked. And I ended up with, with John Smith, who I think has has a good chance to actually do really well this year. The problem is I also have A.J. Brown. And so there's going to be a conflict there potentially between who's going to get the touches. And so I'm, I'm worried about having John but I think he's actually going to have a pretty decent year. It just It's my least – I felt like he was the best one to take out of everyone who was left. And so I, he was my sort of reluctant least favorite pick of the draft. So – that's a little bit into my my draft this year. I want to ask you about two of your specific picks, the reasoning behind them, because I'm curious to know like your rankings and stuff. The Godwin pick and the Gurley pick. Not even criticizing them. I'm just curious. Like, were you excited with those picks? Like, where did you have those guys before the draft? Because I feel like I've seen them fluctuate on a lot of different sites. So it's kind of hard if you're just going off websites, like you know, the consensus of where their value is. Right. So Godwin, there's there's a couple things I like about Godwin. So um, first is I think he's going to be a stronger play than Evans. I owned Evans last year in a couple leagues, and he was very up and down um, in terms of what he would get. I think having Brady come in, and when you watch Brady, one of the things that you'll notice is that he can't throw the long ball anymore. It's not his game. It's short little dump passes to whoever his guy is at the moment, whether it's Wes Welker or whether it's, uh, who's the current guy? Leonard Fournette. (laughs) (laughs) Edelman. Edelman, thank you. So it's little dump passes. And to me, that's where Godwin can fit in, is he's going to be his safety valve quick guy, tons of touches. I could just see that absolutely happening. And so that's why I picked Godwin. And he's a Penn State alum. So there's another connection there. I like to have a Penn State guy on the team. So that kind of got that out of the way relatively quickly. Okay. Would you have taken Godwin over DeAndre Hopkins? Um. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. I, I like Godwin this year a lot. Yeah, I think he's gonna do really well. So. So he's. Is he your wide receiver four then, behind Michael Thomas, Julio, and Devontae? Probably. Yeah. I mean, I, I passed up on all the rest of the guys. So yeah, he's four. Okay. Yep. And then Gurley. There's the no four. Robert Woods though. You forgot to ask <laughs> about Robert Woods, Chris. Well, he's got Woods fifth. <laughs> Followed by OBJ and Juju Smith. <laughs> so, you know, Gurley's uh you know, he's he's my, my second running back. I think we've seen what he can do before. It's just a question of how healthy he's gonna be. Um, were you considering David Johnson and Lev Belt? Because those were the next two guys that went. So and I feel like they're all kind of grouped yeah. together a lot. I I think Le'Veon is getting a lot of disrespect. I actually drafted him in another league. I know Gase hates him, um, and that that's his biggest 
you know, his biggest hurdle for sure. Um, but I think he still has the potential to be good. I, I still think he's below David Johnson and Todd Gurley um, for, for Le'Veon. I mean, Johnson Johnson's good too. I, I, I took him one year as my number one pick, and I got burned by him, so I, I've just been not a big fan of his for a while. But I think where he was, I think it's a good pick. Um, but I also really like I like Gurley in Atlanta, and I like what he's going to do there, and hopefully he can stay healthy and keep his knees healthy. That's it. So, okay. um, Yeah, that's that's the thought. Would you have taken Jonathan Taylor or James Conner or Melvin Gordon over Gurley? So I, I really don't like Taylor this year. I think that they have a bunch of stuff in Indianapolis to figure out. I am not at all sold that he's the answer there. Um, so I'm I'm really wary on Taylor. Um, who were the other guys you mentioned? Uh, James Conner and Melvin Gordon. Okay, I I, I would probably have taken Conner. Um, I, I think Conner is coming off of obviously a horrendous year with no Ben, and so you expect him to have a much better year. And so I would have taken Conner. Gordon, mm, no, I still probably like Gurley there better. I think I agree with your ranking then. I, I would have it Connor, Gurley, uh, Taylor, Gordon, I guess. I do like Taylor just because he's running be- behind the Colts' O-line. And their O-line is ridiculous. Like, they make Marlon Mack look like a freaking running back one. Yeah, that's true. I just don't know that Taylor's going to be there. Like, if he's in a 50-50 timeshare, then yeah. that kind of stinks. Yeah. I think I like David Johnson more than Jonathan Taylor and Melvin Gordon, which is funny because he went after a lot of those guys. So, Yeah, I think David Johnson, he, he could do well. I mean, he's got his own health issues and stuff he's got to figure out. But, uh, yeah, I, I think just the situation Gurley ended up in Atlanta, I think, is a, a great spot for him. So, hoping he stays healthy and uh, continues the season. So, yeah. People were saying David Johnson was horrible last year, and he was, but when he was getting, like, when he was getting the ball, he was doing work. Yeah, they literally stopped using yeah. him. Like I don't his know touches what happened went with him. From like, you know, 12 to like he four. Was, he was doing amazing. Well, now that Eric drafted Todd Benjamin Button Gurley, his <laughs> knees are going to magically heal. Like, uh, what's the, it's like going to be like the, uh, the video of, uh, what's the movie? Of Forrest Gump. When he's running and the crutches start falling off his legs that he uses, <laughs> and he can all of a sudden run free again, because Eric has magically drafted Todd Gurley, and he can suck from Eric's nipple, and the miracle juice will just heal all of his ailments, and he's gonna have an amazing year again. Do you do that? Like, how often do you meet with your players in between games to all, give them milk? All, all the time. I, I have it in a bottle for them in case they need it. So. Okay, that's good. That's good. <laughs> All right, Justin, let's move on to you. Um, yeah. No, I mean, look, I we'll talk about the first pick. So I went Derrick Henry. I was considering Dalvin Cook. Uh, I was scared off by all the contract talks about Dalvin Cook and the fact that he's made of glass and hasn't finished a year in three years. Uh, he tends to wear down down the stretch, and I want a running back who's going to perform in the playoffs. And I also said to myself, well, this is perfect because there's a clear tier here. Daniel will take Dalvin Cook, and then Eric will be screwed. And of course, Daniel takes Julio Jones. Because <laughs> yeah, that was such a weird pick. Why not? I was convinced that Daniel was going to take uh, Clyde Edwards. Same. Like, convinced. Yeah. Also, because a lot of sites have Devontae over Julio, and like they're close enough where, at that point, there's only one wideout off the board. There's five running backs off the board. 
you would think you've got better odds to get you know a decent wide receiver in the second. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to get Daniel on a podcast and talk about his overall strategy. Um, I'm sure we'll get him on one soon. Same sucks. <laughs> well, yeah, great. That's a way to get him on. Yeah, we'll just insult him. When, when you guys. You guys have that is actually nice to guess. That's definitely the best way to get Daniel on. <laughs> no lie, that's the best way. Where would you guys have taken Julio? Like, in um, our current draft? Round. Like, around where... <clears throat> I don't like DeAndre Hopkins. I think he goes after Devontae Adams. I'd still rather have Kenyon Drake and Lamar over him. So... Like early second round? Yeah, like, I think that's where Jeff's second round pick is. Like, yeah. That's if fair. Julio was there for me in round two, and I didn't get Mahomes, Lamar, and I got, like... Either Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, or Clyde Edwards. I would have taken Julio in my second. Yeah, I think that's about where I would have had him ranked too. But yeah, we'll get Daniel and we'll talk about that pick. But I should know better, right? Like taking a player that was on Eric's team the previous year and had a really good year. Like I should know better than to take them and expect <laughs> the same. But uh, nevertheless, I took Derrick hey, Henry. I, I don't think about Lance Lynn, but look, he's doing great this year. So Lance Lynn is doing great this year. Um, and Eric's going back to the A.J. Brownwell himself, so <laughs> I guess he's <laughs> we'll a see how that one works. Um, but yeah, no, look, I mean, look, the Titans seem to be consistent with giving Derrick Henry 20, 25 touches a game or something like that, so hopefully he just wears people down and he's a high-floor type Brian back. And without Deion Lewis there, maybe he can uh, catch the ball a little too. I did hear he was working at catching the ball which is, you know, a very important skill to have if you're a player on the football field on the offensive side of the ball. So maybe you can uh, break, some, break some receiving yards too. I'd say overall as a theme in my draft, and I felt like with a lot of the picks that we talked about for you guys, it was fairly consensus, whereas like when you guys got to your pick and we would talk or something like that, I agreed that you guys were making the right pick. Every time it came to my pick, I felt there were like three or four different ways that I could go. I never felt like I was picking at the end of a tier. I really felt like every single time I was playing defense and not offense, and it kind of sucked. I didn't really like where I was picking throughout most of the draft. I think I ended up doing a decent job out of it, but in general, I think my team's fine. But I do like a lot of the other teams probably better than mine because I think that a lot of the value fell other places within the draft. Um... Going through some of the picks, I don't want to touch on them all. Uh, look, I love taking tight ends early. Um, I've had Gronk, I've had Kelsey the past two or three years, so I think that naturally having Kittle fall to me, and I think that San Francisco's going to have to throw more this year. Their defense isn't going to be as elite. And I can't remember, Chris, you can back me up on this, how many times we were watching San Francisco last year that Kittle would score a touchdown and then get called back because of a holding penalty. It must have happened at least four times last season. So I had those burned in my memory, and hopefully that those don't get called back this year. But um, So I went Kittle. I didn't love... None of the running backs there stood out to me, right? Between Eckler, Jones, Sanders, Chubb. I liked them all. There wasn't anyone who I felt like was a clear tier above who I needed to take. I felt like the tier there existed in tight end, so that's why I took it. Um... And then I followed Chris and went two quarterbacks the next two picks because I felt like that's where the value was. Uh, Kyler Murray, Drew Brees, I don't have to worry about quarterback after that. And I did take Phillip Rivers later because um, I think that it's so important this year, especially with COVID, where if you get a quarterback who gets sick, 
and is out for a couple of weeks, you're kind of screwed if you don't have a decent backup. Um, I know like last year, I don't know if it was abnormal the number of injuries we saw to quarterbacks, but we saw Ben Roethlisberger go down. We saw Drew Brees go down for part of the year. We saw so many quarterbacks get hurt last year. Nick Foles got hurt in week one, um, who were supposed to be starters last year, that I don't want that to happen to me this year. So very important for me to prioritize quarterback. Um, and then going down the list, I just feel like everything else, you know, was either kind of a reach that I wanted to do or more of a safe pick. Nothing really jumps out as anything that I love. I think T.Y. Hilton is decent value if he can stay healthy now that he has a quarterback who can throw to him, which I think is kind of overlooked that he had Jacoby Brissett last year or two as his quarterback. Um, depending on if you count Andrew Luck as being hurt two years ago. But now that Phillip Rivers is there, I think he at least has a solid quarterback who can throw to him. And full disclosure, I was hoping Tyler Boyd would fall to me there. Daniel took him up the pick before, just like he really screwed over Eric in round one by taking Julio Jones. He was able to really get back at me and take Tyler Boyd. Um, the only other pick I really want to touch on is the Leonard Fournette pick, which was really just out of necessity. And I was getting my phone, and I was about to text Lewis and Chris and tell them, I'm going to go way off the board with this pick, and I was going to take Tyler Boyd in round seven, about ten picks before he actually went. And I saw a text from Nick Miller saying, hey, do you want to trade this pick? So I was like, all right, let me explore what he wants to do. So I told him, sure, I'm not tied to anyone, because I was about to reach and get this pick, and he offered me some trade with future draft picks. It was fair. It wasn't anything that I felt like was egregiously in either person's favor. But then I was looking at the people who were left on the board. I was like, why the fuck does Nick Miller want this pick so bad? <laughs> like, who does he want to take? He already had two quarterbacks at that point, I believe. Yeah, he had Prescott and Goff. So I know he didn't want to take, like, Kirk Cousins. And there wasn't anyone else on the board who really stood out. So I decided to do a quick Google search of NFL news. And I saw that Leonard Fournette had signed eight minutes ago. Uh, and so that's why, thank you, Nick Miller, for asking me if I wanted to trade the pick, because it really tuned me in as to figure out what was going on. And look, I think it's going to be tough sledding, personally, for Fournette in the beginning of the year with just so many people there in Tampa Bay. And he has to learn a new playbook, but maybe by mid-season or end of the year, he gets at least like a 60% share of the workload there. And Tom Brady loves to pass it to the running back, so he really got a lot of his value last year just catching the ball. He wasn't very efficient. He's never been an efficient runner. He's never been an efficient pass catcher. He's always just been a volume-type guy. So hopefully the volume eventually comes to him. I know a lot of people love him in Tampa Bay. I'm personally lukewarm, but I think the value there was too good to pass up. Yeah. And I, I think it brings up one of the disadvantages of the slow draft, too, is that you're always in between breaking news cycles. And so as, you know, oh, the Jacksonville's released Fournette, well, now all of a sudden he's not near as valuable as he was before, and we're all avoiding him. And then someone signs Fournette, and we're all like, yeah, okay, I guess we got to go get him. So the fact we're not doing it in a contained time within a couple of hours makes it potentially, uh, I don't know if it's a random element to it that of, as to whether it's your pick if something crazy happens. Have we, yeah, we, we had multiple breaking news um, reports during the draft. We had... Um, for net, we had Adrian Peterson get cut, so that was for Gibson. We had Trubisky announced as the starter. Um, Cam Newton officially announced as the starter. Um, 
Tyler the guy Taylor. Harris on the um, on the Patriots, he got hurt. He got a hand injury. He, Don't forget Alshon. He's yelling out Tyrod Taylor. <laughs> Tyrod Taylor was officially announced as a starter as well, by the way. Oh, in case you missed that news. Tyrod yep. Taylor can't hit the broad side of a barn. That's right. Good job, Eric. That's, you got one. Yep, I got hey. one. <laughs> Got one. Guys, I made Lewis wait an hour to wait for Alshon news. Yeah, because <laughs> one of Alshon's news reports said, like, <laughs> if they don't put him, off, take him off the PUP list by 4 p.m. on September 5th, and I'm reading this to, <laughs> to Chris, and it's 2.57, and really I try to make my picks within, like, 20 minutes, and he's like, you have to wait. You have to wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, Alright, fine. So we played Fall Guys. <laughs> it, uh, and you ended up getting him. Yeah, in the last round. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean look, my last um, round pick was Devonta Freeman. That was also based off news that he's meeting with the Jaguars today. Yeah. There you go, yeah. So I'm I curious. personally I don't like that aspect of the slow draft. That I think is one of the negatives. Because I, I like when we all have the same information and what sucks is that even if we all had the same information in a slow draft, the two hours in between, you don't have the same opportunity. I agree. Unless yeah. you try and trade for the pick. <laughs> but then it just alerts the person. <laughs> I'm curious though, like if so, if we did a regular draft, like we would have we would have been done by the time like Fernet got signed. How much fab money would you guys have bid on him? That's a good question. Well. I mean, Jeff okay. only has two running backs, so I think Jeff would probably drop a lot of money. He would have gone for like forty dollars. I think New Jack City, New Jack, on New Jack. Yeah, I probably would have put a five. On. I would have put in like at least thirty. I think. So you would have put in five, Eric. Uh, I'll probably. Yeah, that's that's about. That's a lot, uh, that's a lot for you. That's about my normal. <laughs> I I think he might have honestly gone for like over fifty because Fournette. Going to the Bucks, even though like Rojo's there, so if you really think about it, it's not the best situation. The hype behind the Bucks this year is yeah. crazy, and just as many people are saying like, "Oh, Rojo might still be the guy," because they probably drafted him, you know, and they need that to be the case. A lot of people are saying Brady is going to get them to the goal line, and they're going to dump it to Fournette, and Fournette's going to be like a Legarrette Blunt, and just get, you know. 15 touchdowns, and oh. there's all your value. Was Fournette always good at the goal line? Because he only, he only had, like, what, three touchdowns? Fournette hasn't been good I'm at curious. anything. No, he's not. He's, Fournette's he's... not that good. Yeah, I know. He's not efficient. But, like, did he get touchdowns the year before that? Was he was, I think it was just the down year? That was the year the... Lewis had him, yeah. He, had, he literally had three touchdowns last year. He got hurt the year before that. He yeah he's really not efficient at all. The Bucks did cut Dare Agumbawale. Yeah, he was a popular back. pick going into but, the season. Like they also have Lashawn McCoy. <laughs> <laughs> How long did you prep in your head trying to say that name without <laughs> without screwing it up? So I know that you can pronounce his name because it's Dare Agumbawale. So it's Dare Agumbawale. It's easy, guys. It's easy. Um, but yeah, but they also have LaShawn McCoy there, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's you have to hold him at this point. Yeah. But at that at that round, like he's a steal. He was good his first year in 2017. He was a good running back, mm -hmm. like very good running back. He was also playing in Jacksonville. 
Yeah, he was. So, like, if, I don't know how much that accounts for things because, like, their offense has not historically been very good. Yeah, you don't like Blake Bortles? I mean, I don't think that Tom Brady's going to be facing 12-man boxes and they're just going to let him throw to Mike Evans in single coverage every time. So maybe that opens up some more holes for Fournette. Oh, yeah. The good thing about Fournette, if you look at last year, is like even though he was really not efficient on the ground, except one game where he went 29 for 225, um, he got a lot of receptions, like yeah. more than I think he's gotten in past years. Well, that's, that's why I drafted Chris Thompson. I'm hoping those receptions go to Chris Thompson. Or, fuck it, go to Devonta Freeman now. I don't care. I have them yeah. both. But, Frankie's sitting there praying for Ozebo. <laughs> um, I think Nick took right well Armstead. Yeah, he did. So all the Jags running backs are, are accounted owned. for. All of them are accounted for. Um, yeah, and that was pretty much it on my team. Look, everything's fairly standard. I feel like football is a lot of luck in the draft. It's all about opportunity, right? Like, if your guy gets targets, if your guy gets attempts, you're going to likely end up doing pretty well. So, they don't have to be very good. They just have to get the opportunity, like Fournette did last year. Yeah. Do you want to talk more about your Kareem Hunt pick? Because I thought that was an interesting one. Because mm-hmm. you took him in a sea of running backs. It was Hunt, Mostert, Montgomery, and Akers that all went in that four-pick range. And you went Hunt before any of the other three. Yeah. Uh, I think Hunt has the highest upside out of all of them, and I think that upside comes specifically in the form of Nick Chubb getting hurt, um, where if that does happen, Hunt becomes a first-round value. Right. Because Kareem Hunt, when he was in Kansas City, and he was the guy, is a first-round value. So I think Hunt has the highest upside. I think his floor is sufficiently low and sufficiently high enough as a receiver in a half-point PPR league where he catches seven balls, that's at least three and a half points, and then however many yards he gets on top of that, plus maybe he gets five or six rushes in a game. I think his floor is fairly high. I wasn't looking for anything. Maybe he can break a couple and score a couple of touchdowns, but I mean, I think he was... I felt safer with him than I did someone like Mostert. Look, I had Tevin Coleman last year. San Francisco is very frustrating. Because some, they're just going to ride the hot hand, and you don't know who the hot hand is before the game starts. So you can have the guy who ends up getting 70% of the touches, and they end up getting two touchdowns. Or you could have the guy who gets five rushes for 11 yards, and they just move away from him for that game. I like Mostert, but I wasn't willing to go through that again. Montgomery's hurt. I, don't, I personally wouldn't have taken him in the sixth. If he was healthy, I would have. And then Akers is a rookie. And again, just going back to the issues about rookies, and I don't know how they're going to pick up the playbook and what's going to happen there. I think because Daryl Henderson's hurt, Cam Akers has a sufficient hold on at least the starting job. But even when Gurley was there last year, like it was a pretty decent timeshare with him and Malcolm Brown. Um, again, Gurley has arthritic knees, and Cam Akers right now doesn't. But I don't think it's going to be 100% Cam Akers. So... I just went with kind of the pick that I felt like was, I think Hunt has the higher floor, and I think Hunt has the higher upside out of all those picks. Okay, yeah. I think he does have a pretty high floor, because looking at him, like he was also very efficient in the few touches he got last year. And He's, um, a, he's a good player. He's a really yeah, good football player. He just has yeah, to stop hitting winning. Yeah. 
But, I mean, at least looking at your team, I would feel better with him in the flex than as your RB2. Oh, for sure. I would, too. But he picked up Fournette, which helped a lot. The Fournette thing, I think, really brought your team back to where you, you wanted it. Yeah. I don't know I don't know where my team would have went without that pick. I was I was going to I was looking at uh, DeAndre Swift and Tyler Boyd with that pick. But I don't think either of those I would have felt as good about. Let me ask you guys about James White, because I feel like I always overlook him every year and he's always good even though there's a ton of competition. And this year it seems like there's no competition really. Sony might be hurt and is not really that great. And the rookie that they were into, Harris, got hurt. He's not a rookie. Oh, he's not? Well, the guy that they just brought in and they were talking about just got hurt. No, it's it's Damian Harris, but he's he's not a rookie. But it does seem like, based on that, like James White's opportunity is higher than normal. Cam is not an accurate quarterback. Like yeah, Brady but does he is, have to be accurate when he's just like yeah, dumping you, ball? You still have to be accurate, in, even with short passes. Like Brady is super accurate; that's his thing. But Cam isn't. Like I, I, I just don't trust Cam Newton can lead that team. And look, this is Cam Newton, not five years ago when he's a healthy Cam Newton and he's a rushing threat. He he doesn't run as much. He can't really throw as well. He played two games last year. Like we don't know what we're getting out of Cam Newton this year. I, I don't trust him to get people the ball efficiently. I really don't. Okay. I, I just I think, think it goes back to New England running backs again, and, you know, Belichick's a, you know, a crazy guy, and you don't know who he's going to lead with. And, yeah, I get there's not a bunch more competition there. I had Sonny Michelle the one year that he was relatively useful. Um, and after that, it's just kind of been a, a nightmare uh, to figure that out. So I, I've always steered away from the running back situation that, that goes on there. I understand that there's you know potential for him to to do well, but I just don't usually mess around with it. Shocker! Eric picked a running back the one year he was good. <laughs> I was gonna say. <laughs> just like looking at the board, though, I think James White's one of the few guys that stands out to me as like someone that I wish I had looked at more. If I didn't have three running backs early on, then I probably would have you know been looking at running back more. But I had that luxury. The pick that I didn't like with Justin's was the Calvin Ridley pick. Like, I would have rather had D.J. Chark or McLaurin over Calvin Ridley. I think Ridley's going to pop off this year, I do to too. be honest. Like, yeah, I like Ridley. Though. I see him getting more and more of Julio's targets over... It was more last year than the year before, and I think he takes another step forward this year. Right. I mean, look, I, if it was between him and Amari Cooper, I honestly don't know who I would pick. I'd feel much more comfortable, again, with Ridley as my number two wide receiver, but, like, that's not the world I live in. Like, I get to have Drew Brees as my number two quarterback, which is a benefit to me. I get to have George Kittle as my number one tight end when, like, everyone else here is, you know, we got Evan Ingram over here to my left. But, like, those are things that I have advantages from other people, but where I have to have drawbacks is, like, my number one wide receiver is not at the same caliber as most others. I just have to hope that he takes that next step. You, you, it is true that you were the latest person to draft a wide receiver. Yeah, Mike had three wide receivers. Mike and Jeremy both had three wide receivers by the time I took one. Who's Jeremy? Squirtle. Oh, Squirtle. Squirtle, Squirtle yeah. But, I, I mean, so Chris, you would rather have 
DJ Chark than Calvin Ridley. Would you rather have AJ Brown? Uh, as my wide receiver one, yeah. Would you rather have Terry? Uh huh. So you just hate Calvin Ridley. <laughs> yes, I want Julio to be the only person that ever catches the ball. <laughs> but Matt Ryan fucking sucks. <laughs> Matt Ryan. Out of curiosity, where did you have Kyler Murray? Was he your third uh, quarterback? Because I saw him ranked third on a lot of websites. I mean, personally, I, I didn't do rankings. I looked a couple of things up and I... Kind of went no, I just meant, I mean like your gut. Like, who would you like more there after the two obvious ones? Who's the next guy you're trying to get? Honestly, Kyler Murray is more fun. Because, like, he's younger. I think that offense is going to run a shit ton of plays. And I think that with Hopkins yeah. there, he could take the next step forward. Pro- I probably would have took Dak. I wouldn't have taken Russell. So I think he's probably my number four QB. Okay. He just got DeAndre Hopkins. Like, he, he's going to be good. Um, I think I think the way the QBs went, I think it's pretty accurate. Like Mahomes, Lamar, Dak, Lamar and Kyler. That's like I mean uh, Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. Like I think that's the only one. But besides that, you mean Mister Unlimited? That was a terrible video. I, which one of you guys showed me that? I I sent it to you. Yeah. Unlimited. Oh man, that was so bad. I had it on for like five seconds and I just looked. I just turned it off. And and the real reason that I took Deshaun Watson there was I felt like there was a huge drop off after that. I felt oh, like yeah. there was definitely a tier there yeah. that I was afraid to dip any further into. So I had to take Watson. I felt like in the third round. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty that good pick. pick. What would you guys have done with my fourth round pick? I ended that, up taking. Well, that's the one that I actually think is where you should have done something different. Like if I would have gone wide receiver. What, which wide receiver though? Because, like, part, I don't like Keenan Allen. I don't like DJ Moore because mm-hmm. of the quarterbacks that they have thrown to them. To I would have taken Cup. Yeah, I think you should have taken Cup. Or Bell, if you like Bell. That's fair. I would have taken Woods. Would you have now? Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> oh, my God. That's and fair. I, I, I like Kevin Ridley a lot, too, by the way. But I don't yeah. I don't think that Breeze was so much more of an upgrade over like I don't know Stafford like with your sixth round pick like if you had I wouldn't get Stafford with my sixth though I would have to take Stafford with my fifth I guess that's true but even if you go down more like Big Ben Chris I don't know if the microphone picks that up Chris is just whispering shut the fuck up in my ear. <laughs> Because he has a poster of Drew Brees butt naked in his room. So. With me. <laughs> yeah. But that's kind of how I felt the whole draft. Is like it would get to my pick, no one would stand out. I didn't <laughs> yeah, I mean, you definitely, picks. the middle of the draft did not look fun. It wasn't. Honestly, maybe kill is where you should have done something different. Like maybe you should have locked up a top tier running back there. I could have. I would have gone Derrick Henry and Eckler. Yeah, that would have been nice. So my thing about Eckler is, again, he's a pass-catching running back with Tyrod Taylor throwing to him. Like, <laughs> He doesn't have to be accurate, though. It does seem like you're basing most of your judgment off of the quarterback position. Like, It seems like you're very quarterback-focused this year. Because it takes a quarterback to throw it to someone who's supposed to catch the ball. I, and look, there were... Specifically, we're talking about a lot of people who end up having turnover on their teams 
in the quarterback position. Like we're talking about the Panthers, we're talking about the Chargers, Chargers twice if we're talking about Eckler and Keenan Allen. But yeah, I think those are kind of steps backwards in terms of who they had last year. That's fair. If Mixon fell um, to you in the second, would you have gone Mixon? No, I don't think so. No? You think Kittle? So what about Kenyon Drake? What did you say? Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I would have taken Drake. I would have taken Drake. Okay. You would have taken Drake over? I also would have taken Christian McCaffrey, if that's an option. <laughs> How about Godwin? I wouldn't have taken Godwin. None of those wide, none of those second-tier wide receivers really spoke to me. Godwin, Tyreek Hill, Kenny Galladay. I probably, I might have taken Mike Evans in the third. Might have. In the fourth, would you have taken Gurley or David Johnson if they no, were there? I don't think so. Jonathan Taylor? No. Melvin Gordon? No. James Conner? Yeah, I'm guessing. Probably Conner. Yeah, Conner seems like pretty unanimously like. Interesting. I mean, look, I felt like wide receiver was very deep this year. So yeah, I, I think it is. I wanted to wait. I feel like I have decent enough wide receivers where I can hang that my other positions can push me up. I mean, if you look at the ninth round, Jamison Crowder, Marvin Jones, Debo Samuel, Brandon Cooks. Cooks is, like, kind of a question mark, but could be great. The others are pretty safe bets, I think, to be startable. Yeah. I mean, the thing about wide receivers is you're going to have realistically probably three or maybe even four that you need to start every week. Right. Yeah. So you got to have guys. I do think tight end was a little deeper than than normal this year, though. Yeah. And and luckily Mike has uh, all the guys, so that's uh, that's good. He'll be ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's a uh, look. Slow draft was fun. I think. Uh, I think we all ended up with uh, pretty good teams. Is there any, yeah. is there any pick that was uh, you felt like was stolen from you guys? That was taken like right before you were about to do it. Um, there definitely was. I'm trying to look back. Harrison Butker. <laughs> Not really based on. This. I think just for me, I really like Justin Jefferson because. The Vikings have always had two top wide receivers, and I feel like he could be like the wide receiver two on that team. So I wanted him over Nicole, but besides that, I don't think so. For, for me, it was actually uh, you, Chris. You you took Anthony Miller in a spot that I was going to take him. Yeah, I, I like Anthony Miller. Um, I think I'll I feel safer with him with Foles as his quarterback over Trubisky. Nah, Trubisky's taking it all the way this year. <laughs> Trubisky's going to be done after, like, week three. I found that Jeff actually, like, so he was pretty far away from me in the draft, but Jeff. New Jack City. New Jack. Yeah, most of the people that I would have near the top of my queue hoping they would fall back to me, Jeff was the one taking them. Hmm. Like who? Uh, Marquise Brown, uh, Jameson Crowder, Rob Gronkowski, and Chris Herndon were all going to be guys that I would have taken. Mm-hmm. Zane with. Gonzalez. <laughs> Mainly <laughs> Zane Gonzalez. He's, he's yeah. a good kicker, but... Yeah, he's a good kicker, yeah. No, but each of those four players, I would have taken them if they made it back around to me over the guys that I took there. Would so. you have taken Hollywood over Gallup and Boyd? 
Um, yeah, I liked. Really? I liked. Uh, I think that the eighth mm-hmm. round is so interesting with the wide receivers because they all have potential to be like a wide receiver one for me. Yeah, I was. I was into the ones that you guys seemed to dislike. Like I liked Marquise Brown and I liked Edelman out of uh-huh. those those guys. Yeah. Um. But I, I understand the argument behind Boyd and Gallup. Like I like them too. Just I thought that the other guys were safer. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I had to decide between Boyd and Gallup, and I, I I mean I think they both have tremendous upside. But I just went with Gallup because I felt better about. Him. I'm surprised That's you knew who they pick. both were. Eric's out there googling Chad Ochocinco and Terrell Owens. See if they're still playing. <laughs> Let me look up where TJ Hushmanzada is playing this year. Tio was amazing that one season on Bengals, though. Tio was amazing most years. I know, but like he was so old at that point, yeah. and he was still good. Yeah, he was just good. I liked Gallup. I would have taken Gallup if he fell to me, except he had the same buy as Ridley. Were you guys paying attention to bye weeks during the draft? Because I was, not at all for me. Yeah, not at like all. And then I looked for, like yeah. when it was like round fourteen, and I was like, shit. Because week nine and week eight, I have a good amount of people on by. Week eight, I have a bunch. Hmm. So play Chris week eight and play Lewis week nine is how I need to set Are we doing the uh, randomization or is it? Yeah. Like it's already randomized or no? No, everyone's in the same division right now. The schedule still has to be done. We have to randomize okay. everything. We have okay. to figure out what it's going to look like first, kind of what the playoffs will look like. Now that there are teams with week 13 buys, as we spoke about, there's no team with a buy on week 12, which kind of messes up our schedule. So we usually start the playoffs week 13, and we can't do that anymore. So we're going to have to get a little creative. And as a reminder, if you've uh, gotten this far and you're listening, pay the league safe. Yeah. <laughs> Is that like a sponsorship? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't yell at Slackbot, Chris. He's only there to help. <laughs> so who do you guys think was, like, who do you think has the worst team? You don't want to lose listeners, I mean. Who? I yeah, want, I want more listeners. Squirtle did it is the worst team by far. All right. Chris is out here trying to make rivals. Also, Daniel sucks. No, but Squirtle did it. Like I think Daniel had the worst pick in the draft. If we're not looking at like <laughs> an early kicker, I think Melvin Gordon was the worst pick in the draft. I thought Connor. we were gonna say Julio Jones. Julio, yeah, that's a decent. But like the thing is, at least he got Julio Jones out of that. It's the third round, and he came away with Melvin Gordon, <laughs> who reportedly is gonna split carries with Philip Lindsay, and also is Melvin Gordon. He's like old. He's on a new team. I don't know. Alright, but Squirtle did it, guys. This team is awful. I mean, I think what Jeremy usually does is Jeremy takes a lot of guys who are at the end of a tier. Like DeAndre Hopkins, OBJ, like those guys to me are like end of tier type players. So I understand what he's doing there. It's just like, I think they're not the sexiest guys, so they come off like, oh, maybe you would have went something else. But I think Jeremy usually ends up pretty competitive. Just no, like, he takes... I'm okay with Hopkins, OBJ, Juju. Like, Juju was one of my favorite wide yeah, receivers you love Juju. But, like, his running back one is Singletary. That's, and, like, if that happens, issue. I feel like his wide receivers have to be, like, a tier above everybody else's. But he has, like, DeAndre Hopkins, which was amazing. Like, OBJ is questionable. Like, I, I don't know. Travis Kelsey's amazing, though. 
No, Kelsey is amazing too, but like, I would have much rather had Josh Jacobs over him. So if you're looking just at like pass catchers, his are probably the best in the league. Hopkins, OBJ. In terms of wide receivers? Galembo's got the best top two. Yeah, that's fair. I just don't like OBJ. I think we also have to cut Jeremy some slack because a lot of his picks were coming in at 5.30 in the morning for some yeah. reason. That, that was really revealing because I would look at the timestamps and be like, this is getting up early. His routine is, he's probably waking up at like 4.35 a.m. Guys, I was awake at that time too. Yeah, he, he gaming, called, playing the league. He called Wells. He has to wake Wells up to see what they should do. For yeah, but pick. literally like three days in a row, I was up. I fell asleep at like 7 a.m. And I would wake up at like 10 to see if it was my pick. And then it's still like, I don't even know. I forgot who. <laughs> that sounds miserable. You did that for a week. And then I'm like, all right, let's sleep for 30 more minutes. I wake up, still the same guy. So, so Chris developed an anxiety disorder during this draft. Because, <laughs> like, even though I set cues, like, I was like, what if, like, I don't know. I, I like choosing my players. I don't like... Yeah, of course. Nobody cues, likes getting yeah. an auto-pick. It's the worst. I no, mean, not even auto-pick. Like, if I put the cues... Yeah, like, no, I know. But, like, it still doesn't feel good. Because yeah, you're yeah, like, yeah. what if? If we're saying that Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay are going to split time, then Philip Lindsay's a steal in the eighth round. Yeah, I guess. Again, like, I think it's just, like, Philip Lindsay is not an exciting pick. But he'll probably be productive. And I think that's usually what Jeremy does. He gets... Not to switch back to baseball, but he gets the Jose Berrioses of the of the draft. I don't even know who that is. Jose Tres Liches? Yeah, well, Berrios this year has been sucking ass, I think. Yep. But Finally. He, but he's, he's not the worst Jose, believe it or not. There is a worst one. <laughs> he's second worst Jose. Well, Jose Ramirez is amazing. So it's not him. There's one Jose left. Guys, Jose Reyes? Nope. Well, Jose Abreu? It's Altuve. It's Altuve. Jose Altuve. There's a lot of Jose's. There is. But Fernandez. Jose Reyes. But, but yeah, I think like the Singletary versus Ingram, like you just, you sniped Ingram. I'm assuming he would have taken, taken Ingram there. Uh, I think he would have, at least. I, I don't do, know. Maybe. I do like his Debo Samuel pick. I think in round nine, like yeah. that, that's a steal. Yeah. He could also trade away because like he has wide receivers, he could trade away one of those wideouts to try and get a running back. I yeah. would trade OBJ just because I feel like more people will like him just because he's OBJ. Yeah, he could probably pull... It's just, it's crappy right after the draft because you feel like you just straight up lost value. Like, if he trades OBJ for Gurley, right, like, OBJ went before Gurley, so to before be fair, the season starts. I know he set up a queue, and he got OBJ and Juju by accident. He didn't oh, want right, both right. of them. He wanted one Juju got auto picked and he forgot to change the queue in between those picks. Oh wow! He so. got auto picked Juju. Yeah. That's rough. I would have taken really Juju over Dylan for me. So I don't know. I, he could probably flip OBJ or Juju for like a running back that yeah. went after them or something like that. Yeah, I mean he sh- he should probably pitch an offer to Daniel for DJ. Yeah. Or maybe Lev Bell from Nick, because Nick has a... Uh, Daniel pulling up the slack furiously. Okay. I wouldn't trade David Johnson for... <laughs> That's my Daniel impression, guys. <laughs> no, Daniel, I would do a Daniel impression, but you have to eagerly yell 
Like, wait, wait, wait! <laughs> and then just shout your point. But, yeah, alright. I think this was a, a good podcast. Uh, any closing remarks for anyone? Um, I have the best team in the league. I feel like I have the best team in the league, and Lewis is the second best team, and I feel like because I have Jared Cook, um, I'm going to win the finals. <laughs> Is it is it sad I wanted to get Jared Cook just to, because I have Dalvin Cook to name my team too many cooks? Is that is that wrong? Yeah, I really think that this is where like you need an intervention because when the puns start becoming more important than the fantasy success, it's you know. No, the uh, girly burlies is not sticking. There will be a new a new name. I'm all for the memes. I was I was rapidly refreshing the Slack. In round fourteen, when I thought Galembo had two picks, and I was like, "Where the trade happened? Where who would he trade? Why would this late? What did he trade for a fourteenth round pick? Would he trade like two fifteenth round picks? Like what? <laughs> Wait, yeah, do you have the so. ability to change picks? Actually, who who's doing? Oh, you do. Okay, I could trade picks. Okay, if there ever is a trade, there's never yeah, a trade. I could trade a pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, there's never a trade. Nobody wants to trade picks. It's the most boring thing. Who wants to get a round four and seven pick for their second round pick? Who wants that? You're going to feel good about the draft afterwards when you didn't have a pick in the second round because you got an extra fourth and seven? No, you're going to feel like shit. I feel like for two QBs, it could work out. Nah. But yeah, overall, I think it was good. Yeah. Yeah, I want to thank everybody who made it this far for listening. You know, I know as a frequent listener, it takes a lot to make it this far. Um, and I especially want to thank our listeners in Ireland who continue to support us, podcast after podcast. Thank you so much. And all of the VPN services out there, they're great. Um, you should continue to use them uh, and toggle the countries. It's actually someone in Ireland. I talk to them. They have a brogue and everything. Very nice. I wonder what they think about uh, about the draft. Who's got the best team? Me. They said the Korean karate killer kids. <laughs> I would like to invite Daniel as next week's guest because his team sucks. Yeah, I think it would be fun to get Daniel on this. Can I'll, we just I'll do a podcast him. of Daniel and Chris? No one else? <laughs> That would be a great sitcom. Bro, you can't even compare his team to mine, though. I do think that you also have an argument that you have the best team in the league. So, so Thank there's you. that. Well, we're, that's why we play the games, right? It's for all the quarterbacks to get hurt and then I win. <laughs> With your four QB strategy. <laughs> oh, just wait. People are going to be lining up in week one to get Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> They're just going to want Mitchell Trubisky from me. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you everyone who got this far. Uh, we'll do a, probably another podcast, hopefully later this week, or maybe we'll do one during the game on Thursday as we watch yeah, or cool. something like that. And we'll uh, figure it out. We'll have a little watch party, maybe. And, sure. Uh, it's uh, it's I think it's Texans Chiefs. Oh, that's a good game. I uh, I don't think I have any players in that game. Chris, you have Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Eric has Deshaun Watson. Don't forget Meekle. I forgot Meekle. And, uh, yeah, we'll do some more podcasts on football. And uh, we're going to have to do some on baseball as well because the playoffs are coming up with that. 
and uh, everyone stick around because uh, it should be a lot of fun. Lewis, you can help moderate because you won't be in the playoffs. <laughs> consolation. It's always been about the consolation. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again, everyone, and we'll uh, see you soon. Bye. Bye.